Welcome back to Padre Social Hour here in the AMR studio on this Sunday morning. And sticking around with us, David Eckstein, whose wife Ashley, again, with her universe, has just been crushing Comic-Con. But Bill Center was like, I am not letting us have <laughs> right. David on the show without me <laughs> right. getting a couple of minutes with him. So, Bill, take it away, my friend. Because this is the perfect example of an argument that I have made here a number of times. Sabermetricians can tell you that everything in baseball can be broken down by numbers. Not a great bat career batting average, right? 280. Right. Not necessarily the greatest fielder. Mm. Eh, good fielder. <laughs> I, I, hold on. <laughs> right. it's like a hold on. Hold on. Let's go range. Back. Okay. Range. <laughs> range. Right. range. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yes. Not the greatest range. <laughs> but every team that David played on was better for him playing. And I, we saw it in 2009 and 2010. He made the Padres better. And whenever I think of sabermetrics, and all the stats, the first person I think of is the person sitting to my left. Well, I appreciate that. And, yeah, I think I am the anti-sabermetrics guy. I, in that world, I think they hate me. It's kind of <laughs> funny. It's, I mean, it, it, it's a pretty thing. Um, but, but at the end of the day, what, what, what they fail to realize is the fact that these players are human. They have actually a heartbeat. And, and when they care about the team, it actually helps the team. And that's one thing you can't break down. And, and they try to sit there and do their little math and everything like that. And don't get me wrong, there is a place for sabermetrics. Right. There's a different place in it. But the problem is it needs to be blended correctly. Mm -hmm. And as you see, you I mean, the one the, the, what I love about this game is that teams can acquire the best players in the league, and there's zero guarantee that they will win. And no, and it usually comes down to the team that has both. You know, I mean, they, they hate this word too, chemistry, mm -hmm. and 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 how a player actually helps other players get better. My main goal when I when I stepped into a, a locker room was how can I make the guys around me better, and so and that and that's something that it doesn't measure. And I just wish, you know. Um, and another thing is like when I try to have conversations with these people, they don't want to have conversations with the baseball players. They don't. They don't want to humanize them because then it then and because it actually goes against to what they believe. And if I think I think, you know, the clubs that do the best actually sit there and they they, they have their numbers, they have their the way they're going to go about it. But then they learn the players as individuals. When you learn players as individuals and what makes them tick, you actually can make them better. Adrian Gonzalez told me that when you like. In 2010, when there would be a situation where the pitching coach or, the, or Bud would be coming out and the infielders would get together, he told me that maybe the most important words uh, discussed on the mound were the words that you often said before the manager or the pitching coach got there. And he <laughs> said it just struck a chord with everything, that David had the ability to settle us down, think about what we're going to do with the next play. And, and, and the one thing, you know, you always try to put the player in the best position to be successful. And that's what everything I, I tried to go about when I played. And when I was around those type of guys, you know, I was very fortunate to play with like a Garrett Anderson, uh, a Darren Erstead, and a um, Tim Salmon early in my career who really showed that way. Then went to St. Louis and I had Larry Walker, Scott Rowland, Albert Pujols, these guys. And it was in, in as much as you want to say, it was always about the team. And they knew a way to calm the guys down. And I, and I sit there and I say this, yes, I was very fortunate to win championships in, in um, Anaheim and in St. Louis, but my funnest days were actually playing here when I was actually kind of the mentor because I love passing that stuff on. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Matt Latos. 
Mm. Matt Latos. I was just going to mention Matt on, a, on something. Go ahead. Okay. And, and, and so he wanted to be so well-liked. Everyone in the clubhouse hated him. You know what I mean? Because he was like that little kid, that annoying kid and everything like this. <laughs> right, and, and, and so, but the one thing he did was when he stepped on the mound, he competed. He, he didn't care about being cool on the mound. And it was one of the things that Matt Stairs and I really noticed. So we actually sat there and had to listen to Matt to felt like, so that he felt like he belonged. And then so we would get his best when he stepped on that mound. And it was funny because when he went to sign in St. Louis, um, Cincinnati, I called up Walt Jockety. And I told him that you need to find one of your veteran guys to kind of take him under his wing so he feels like he's there and you'll get a better player. The leadership on the 2010 team with you and Matt Stairs yes. was as good as I've ever seen in the clubhouse anywhere. I mean, you guys ran it. Uh, Adrian told me one time that there were runners on first and second. Matt was struggling and the pitching coach was coming out. And, and you hit up Matt in the butt and just said, we're getting, you're getting a ground yeah. ball, we're getting a double play, we're going to be out of here. Yeah. And you got it. Right. I mean, and, and, and I am the biggest on positive thinking. You know what I mean? You sit there and you're like, okay, this is what, how we're going to do it. It's that simple, one pitch away, here we go. And, that, and that's the stuff that um, those sabermetrics have no clue what's right. going on. And, and when you sit there and, and, and see championship caliber clubs – and you'll hear these stories on yeah. all those clubs. There is no fan graphs uh, stat for listening to Matt Latos uh, in the clubhouse before he goes out to <laughs> the field. All right, Dave, we're going to let you go because I think Captain Marvel wants to get back to headquarters. <laughs> yeah. But um, we're going to talk about this ourselves in a bit. But this Chris Sale situation yesterday, uh -huh. I would be very curious, if you were on that team and you guys come into the clubhouse today and Chris <laughs> walks back in, what's the first thing you're going over to say to him? Um, it's kind of funny because, you know, when you wear these throwback uniforms, they are they – are confiding you know what i mean they're heavier material and everything like that that'd be interesting what what, right. what and the decals are usually in different places. different places yep. and everything like that it, it'd be interesting because i will tell you right now i would say half the guys are going to be cheering him for what he did <laughs> another half don't really care you know um don't get me wrong like now i've stopped playing i love i have all those jerseys in my at my house you know, but sometimes they are they are constricting because what what technology has done, it's made the uniform so much lighter, so much freer that you actually don't feel like you have it on. And when you throw these throwback jersey on, it does change everything you feel. And I'm one of the worst like of creature of habit and like to the point where I wore the same exact jersey, the same exact pants to this type of thing. And when you throw that off, especially from for some of the most routineish players. You never know what could happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're wearing a 10,000 Lego dress. Uh, exactly. Out there. Yeah. By the way, when I said I, I was talking about range, I wasn't because anything you got to <laughs> was an out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. later in your career, the range at second was, was uh, diminishing I, a little like, bit. And, and I, had to I had to learn bat swings. And I, had, like, I wanted to be in the exact position, but you are 100% right. right. And that's why I was like, hey, it's time for me to leave this game. <laughs> and, and <laughs> And Sometimes the game tells you. I right? remember yes. in 2010, you did an awful lot of fudging. Yes. Oh, yes. my gosh. Oh, you, my gosh. You were the human shift before there were shifts. I, 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 I truly had to learn the guys um, to know where they're get, um, whether actually their swings, if our pitcher hit that spot where that ball is going to go. And, and working with Bosley and Hoffman, you know, putting us in the right position, it was really crucial to me to be able to still play the game at, and later in my career. 
awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for swinging by. We appreciate it. Ashley as well. What a couple. I know. We really spruced I know. up our Sunday morning. I was so happy to see <laughs> that, that he was going to be here. Yeah, and then you almost made him hate you with that defense. Oh, no, 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 David, next time, thank you very much. Yeah. Hey, guys, make sure that you're here at Petco Park yourself on Friday, July 29th for Party in the Park presented by Southwest Airlines for your chance to win a trip for two to Las Vegas with airfare from Southwest and amenities provided by Las Vegas. It's a Vegas-themed happy hour before the Padres take on the Reds at 740. Get your tickets at Padres.com slash party. We're going to talk more Chris Sale. We're going to talk some Hall of Fame, Griffey, and Piazza. Plus, today's lineup will break that down for you. So don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour.